0: Did you guys have fun this afternoon? Yeah! You know, I have had a fun day as well. In fact, you know, I I was excited this morning. I've been praising God all day because I feel like he has just been causing victory over victory in people's lives at camp this week, hasn't he? Last night, some people went from death to life. They put their faith in Jesus for the first time. And that is a huge victory. And so there's been a lot of victories here at camp. And in fact, I had a personal victory just this afternoon. You guys wanna hear about it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I was walking around and I was just kinda walking on my own and just forgot where I was for a minute, just walking around camp, enjoying the trees. And then I, I just was like, hey. I'm standing in front of Vertigo. And there's no line here. Uh, That's right, Vertigo is closed today, huh? There's nobody around. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna give it a try. So I get on Vertigo and that first, those of you who've done it, you know that first 15 feet is hard, right? I was climbing up, I was swinging around, I flipped upside down. I was making it, and then before I knew it, I was part way up, and I I stopped. I was like, oh, oh, this is so hard. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And I'm a little afraid of heights, so I just kept, I'm I'm gonna do it, and I just kept on going, I kept on going, and my hands kept slipping, my feet kept slipping, my pulse, my heart was pounding really, really fast, but I said, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, and I kept going, and before I knew it, I was at the top. Isn't that great? And then I looked around and I was all excited and this was a big victory and then I was like, oh, wait a second. These are the stairs to the dining hall. I was so, so bummed. (laughs) Uh, That was so hard. All right. The good thing is at the end of that vertigo, there was pizza, (laughs) so that was a good one. All right, so tonight, we're talking about superpower again. We've been t- looking at the, the highest, ultimate, endless, uncorruptible, superpower ball, and that is the power of God, all right, all week. We also looked at the superpowers of super-duper-dippity-dan, all right? So who remembers super-duper-dippity-dan right? so super right? superpowers? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Give me one. hit. three superpowers. Give me one. What was one of his superpowers? He could what? He knows all the lyrics to Taylor Swift songs. That's right. Give me another one. You right there. Super speed. Right? Right here. With both hands up. Super strength. Yes. Super strength. Look at him right there. Man, that guy can totally bend an empty paper towel roll like it's nothing. He's amazing. So you've heard that phrase. It's kind of been popular people ask, "Hey, what's your superpower?" right? So like my superpower is the uncanny ability to eat a large amount of bacon in a very small period of time. Okay? That is my own personal superpower. So raise your hand, what are some of your superpowers? What do you got? What do you got? Yeah? I can fly. You can fly? Huh? Falling off my bed. Falling off your bed. Close to flying, same thing. What do you got? You're a night owl. Your superpower is staying awake all night, right? What do we got right here? Yeah, McHoodie. Yep. Shh. You created a what? I can read a book for six hours straight. You can read a book for six hours straight? What a coincidence i can totally sleep with an open book on my chest for six hours straight so very similar very similar okay one more one more in the back green shirt in the back really loud so we can all hear you yeah archery awesome that's really good can you can you hit an apple off my head no all right we're never gonna find out i'm just telling you right now we're never gonna find out Okay. Right. shh all right here we go focus if you've ever noticed most superheroes, though, their power did not come from them. Have you ever noticed that about a lot of superheroes like Spider-Man? He was just Peter Parker. And then all of a sudden, ah! He got bit by a spider. Next day, he wakes up, and he's a <laughs> web-swinger, right? Climb walls, all that stuff. He got bit by a spider, and something changed. We got the Hulk. Gamma rays, right? He's just regular scientists, And then gamma rays, and all of a sudden, you don't like to see him when he's angry, right? Hulk smash, right? He becomes the Hulk because something outside came into him and changed him. Iron Man, his power, he's just smart. He made a suit. His power's in his suit, right? Whatever he does. There's Batman. His superpower was his gadgets. And then there's the Flash. The flash, something science-y happened. I don't know what happened to him, but all of a sudden, he was fast. Lightning. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, zippity-doo. He's almost as fast as I was running through that bacon. You know what I'm saying? But not quite. But he got super speed because something changed. Wait, hang on. All right, so hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't need to hear the backstory of every superhero I just mentioned. Control, self-control. All right. So listen up. All these superheroes... Something entered them that changed their DNA that gave them power. Their power did not come from them, but it came from what was inside of them. And that's same with us as Christians. Our power, our true strength, has nothing to do with us at all, but has everything to do with God and who he is, right? It is the power of the Holy Spirit living and working in us that is changing us. And that's where our real strength and power comes from. And we're going to talk about that tonight so we're going to look at who the Holy Spirit is now let me set the story we're going to read a scripture in just a second before we do let me let me tell you the situation the setting that this scripture happens in okay so Jesus is with his disciples at what we call the Last Supper. Yeah, some of you maybe have heard this story before. They're at a, a Passover meal, and it was just, just right before Jesus was going to be crucified on the cross and die for our sins and three days later be resurrected, okay? It was just before Jesus knew this was coming. His disciples did not. It was that same time where Jesus washed their feet and he showed an example of, of humility and service to them. So if you heard those stories it's it's happening at that time and Jesus starts talking to his disciples and he's and he's he's telling them that he's going to go away they're like, well, where, where are you going? Like, we can't go with you unless we know where you're going. And, and Jesus tells them, he's like, oh, well, where I'm going, there's, there's one way to get there. And he says, I am the way and the truth of life. No one gets to the Father but through me. And, and so he's saying the only way to get to the Father, to, to, to get to heaven, is to put your faith in me. He was the only way to get through what he was going to do on the cross, but they didn't know it yet. They didn't fully understand what he was talking about. They didn't understand where he was going, but Jesus knew what was going to happen, just a little bit. So that is what he's talking about. He's telling his, his disciples, "I'm about to leave you." He's been with them for three years, and he's been doing ministry. He's been bringing the dead back to life to, with these guys. He's been been feeding five thousand thousands of people with just a little bit of food. Walking on water, healing the sick, the blind, all this stuff. Ministering with them. They've been having this great ministry, very powerful time with Jesus. And now Jesus is telling them, "I'm going to leave." And that's where our story here in the scripture picks up in John 14, verses 15 through 17. And this is Jesus. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor because Jesus was their ultimate counselor. He was also the prince of peace, their comforter, right? To be with you forever. He says, so I'm gonna, I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He says, he is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you And then it's, it continues in john a few verses later john 14 verses 25 through 26 Jesus says I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you So he says while i'm still with you i'm telling you this he Says but the counselor the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. So we talked about this last night that when you put your faith in Jesus, that God gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that it's better for him to go so that the spirit may come. But why 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 would it be better for Jesus to leave so the spirit could come? Because I've always looked at the disciples in the Old Testament or the New Testament that walked with Jesus, did ministry with Jesus. And I was always kind of jealous of these guys. I mean, these dudes got to be there when Jesus brought back the people from the dead. He got to be there when people, he said, healed blind people that were blind and they, people that couldn't walk, get up and walk, Jesus would say, and he healed them. They got to be there and see these miracles happen. They got to sit around a dinner table with Jesus. The son of God, fully God, fully man. And they got to talk. They got to laugh with him. So I was really jealous. But then I learned something and realized something that, you know what? I think I got it maybe even a little bit better. Because here we see it says says that the Holy Spirit, he dwells and he lives within us. God lives in you. Think about that for a second. God lives in you. His spirit lives and resides with you if you think about that every time i meditate on that and i ponder that thought you know what happens to me my mind blows my socks shoot off everything i'm just blown away because i'm like god this little like bald chubby middle-aged flesh bag god lives in here this is ridiculously awesome it's amazing and it's overwhelming Now, in the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle, right? And in the tabernacle, they had this place, the Holy of Holies, and that's where the presence of God would dwell and where he would be with his people. And, And so now through our new covenant, though, our new promise through Jesus, we're the Holy of Holies, God dwells or God tabernacles, because that's what the word tabernacle means, dwells with us. The Holy Spirit, man, is amazing. And we say he when we come to the Holy Spirit. And that's important to realize, because some people think the Holy Spirit is this inanimate object, like he's just this spirit floating around. But the Holy Spirit has this personhood uh, about him. And that's important, because if we don't realize that, that's something that's inanimate, it's just kind of an object, just kind of out there, we don't really have to deal with. We can leave it alone. But when we realize the personhood of the Holy Spirit, we have to engage, we have to decide, what are we going to do with him? right? We can't ignore him. So this is this is what... How he works, we see the personhood of the Holy Spirit all throughout the book of Acts, okay, which is in the New Testament, and Acts—the full name of that book is the Acts of the Apostles. So we see the Holy Spirit comes, and how the early church was set up in that book of the Bible, and the Spirit it says in the book of Acts, it teaches us this about the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit speaks, the Spirit is lied to, the Spirit is tempted, bears witness, the Spirit is res- resisted, it snatches, it gives orders, it sends, it thinks, it forbids, it prevents, it appoints. We see the, the personhood of the Spirit all throughout New Testament. New Testament teaches the Holy Spirit, one of his roles as he dwells in us is that he teaches us. He teaches us to pray he searches our hearts, he leads us, he predicts, and he is grieved. So Jesus told his disciples that he was sending another counselor. It says the first counselor or comforter was Jesus. And then he says, but the Holy Spirit is an, it's an imprint of the character of Jesus. It's a spirit of Christ. He and Jesus are one. Because Romans 8, 9, and 10 say this. Check it out on the screen. It says, you, however, are not in the flesh, okay, talking about us but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you anyone who does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him but if christ is in you although the body is dead because of sin the spirit of life because of the spirit is life because of righteousness so if christ is in us and the holy spirit then we don't experience death but we truly have This gift of eternal life. And the Bible speaks of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and Christ in the same breath. So while Jesus, this is why I stopped being so jealous of the disciples, because it says this this is what you have to realize is that while Jesus was on earth, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. So while he was over here with some some disciples ministering in the town called Capernaum, and if I was over here in the town called Jerusalem, then I'm not with Jesus, am I? I'm, I'm separated from him because he was also fully God, but he's also fully man. So he was in that one spot. Now I have three kids. I have my two handsome, brilliant 13-year-old sons that are here with me this week and they're spending time with me, right? And um, I'm just thankful that, that they're in a separate room um, so I can get some rest and, and you know, 13 year old boys. They run around sweaty all day. My room smells better than theirs. That's just a plain fact, right? Just like boys' cabins and girls' cabins, right? Boys' cabins smell much better than the girls' cabins, I'm sure, right? So well, uh, Maybe the other way around? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. But my 16-year-old daughter, I have a 16-year-old daughter named Evie, and she's down the hill with with my wife, with her mom. Now, I call them every evening, and I check in and say, how you doing? I love you, what was your day like, what happened? But it's still not the same thing as if with my boys, I get this one-on-one time with them, it's still not the same thing. Th- checking in with my daughter it's just not the same as what i get with my boys this week and spending time physically with them in person and that's the holy spirit is such an amazing companion because he dwells in each believer wherever we go whenever at 24 hours a day seven days a week god dwells with you the holy spirit is with you so you're never separated never apart isn't that amazing and it's like, yeah, Jesus is sending this. This is, this is better. This is great. I get the spirit of Christ with me all the time. And it's very, very, he's very, very personal because he knows you in a very intimate way. When we cry out, he is there, right? When, when we laugh ha-ha, with joy, he's there to rejoice with us. And when we need direction, the Holy Spirit guides us. When, when we need wisdom, he's there. In fact, Mark, he talked about wisdom this morning, right? Remember him in Chapel time this morning, he talked about wisdom and making good choices. And the Holy Spirit, he helps us with that wisdom. In fact, I used to lead a, a fifth and sixth grade ministry called Route 56, and there's this prayer It almost became like a motto of ours, but it was a prayer that I would teach them and we would pray it as a group. You guys wanna learn it so you could pray it too? Here's what it is. When it came to wisdom and we had a decision or we had a choice to make, I would teach them this. We would pray to God, God, help us. Us, help us to know what is right and give us the courage to do it. So, why don't you repeat after me? God, God. Help, us right help us to know what is right and give us the courage to do it. And you know what? It's because I'll tell you, when you guys do the right thing, when you follow God, the world, and when I say the world up here, anytime we mention the world, we're talking about people who are not believers, who are not followers of Jesus. So when the world does things, say that somebody is over here and they're bullying somebody and you go and you stand up for that person and you show love for them and you reach out to them and everybody else looks around and goes, why are they helping that guy? He's weird and he gets bullied. He's being socially blackballed. No one's going to talk to him anymore. They don't understand stand it. But it doesn't, it's because our love of God, we have love for other people and we want to do the right thing, but we have to ask God for courage. Holy Spirit, give me the courage. Help me to know what the right thing to do is because the world doesn't do always do the right thing, do they? But we can't do the right thing on our own strength. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, give me the courage to do it. It takes courage because you might now get persecuted too. You might get now get picked on also, but you did the right thing. You did the thing that Jesus would have you to do. And that is to love instead of hate does that make sense so you can pray that prayer let's say it one more time god help us to know what is right and give us the courage to do it great and another beautiful thing that the holy spirit gives us is i this is so beautiful for me it's so sweet the holy spirit when i'm exhausted because life has got me down and it's been hard and i'm just tired i find rest And he gives me rest. So you guys are going through hard times in life. You reach out, Holy Spirit, fill me up, give me rest. And He's almost like this cradle. He just, he's there for you. He gives you this peace and this comfort. And he he just, he's there and his presence. And I find rest in him and rejuvenation. The Holy Spirit is, is at work in you. Do you guys know, you guys know what marketing is? Like advertising, they like want you to believe some stuff, but maybe it's not always true. You know I'm talking about? Hey, this is the world's best cup of coffee, but is it really the best cup of of coffee? Right? No. Right? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's marketing, right? So here's, here's a marketing lie. I'm going to tell you a marketing lie. You want to hear it? You know, those fun size candy bars they sell, the little ones, they call them fun size. That's a lie. What's fun about a candy bar? That's one fourth the size of a big one. You know, what's fun. A full-size candy bar, that's fun, right? That should be fun size. Small one, that's not fun, is it? Marketing lie. So... We talked about how, how the devil uses lies for us to buy into. So sometimes he tells us this. He says, you can't do anything. You're just a little kid. You can't do nothing. Look at you all small and everything, huh? Look at you. You don't know as much as adults. You can't do nothing. What are you thinking, huh? What do you tell? Ta- hey, don't tell your friends about Jesus. You're just a kid. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be used, right? But here's the reality. Here's the reality, guys. This is so important for you to catch tonight you do not have a little fun-sized version of the Holy Spirit working in you. You have the full power of God, our ultimate creator, all-powerful God, working in and through you in your life today. And you can do things in the name of Jesus just as great as the adults because it's about the power of God working through you and not about ourselves, right? So don't ever limit what God can use you to do because you're only nine, because you're only 10, because he will use you to impact the world in the name of Jesus and spread the gospel. We just gotta be faithful to him. I'm getting excited. I don't know about you guys. He's at work in your life today. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16 tells us this, that as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And God is saying, you need to be holy because your God is holy. So we're called to be holy because he is. Holy means this, God is set apart. There's no one like him. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. He doesn't live in time and space like we do, okay? He's totally set apart. He is righteous, he is pure, he is truth, all these things that we shared. Now, when you're a believer in Jesus, you are now called to be holy, to be set apart. Everything about you and everything about your life is set apart for God and for his glory. No longer for yourself, no longer for the things of this world, but set apart for him and his glory. But it's impossible for us on our own strength to be holy because why? We're imperfect, sinking sinners, right? We are going to fail. We, we know that. We, we're, we are going to fail from time to time. But that's the Spirit's work to do in us. The Spirit of truth teaches us about our, ourselves, about the world and God. And, and and because we have the Spirit of God in us, we can be holy. But this the Holy Spirit, he pulls us. He pushes us. He leads us. He directs us. He even disturbs us, disrupts us in our life. Sometimes we go through a trial when we're living against God's word or against God's commands, right? He corrects us. And then sometimes in Ephesians tells us that we grieve the Holy Spirit when we're not living in truth, when we lie. It actually grieves the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit who lives in us, it grieves him. And the last thing I want to do is live a life where I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. But all this, that the Holy Spirit works in our lives and does all this to make us more and more like God in his character and nature. There's three big words. I think I mentioned them last night. There's three big words. I'm going to teach them to you. Want to learn some three big words? Yeah. All right. That's where you can, you can say them and impress your, your teachers. Okay, here you go. First one, first big word is, res- is redemption. We talked about it last night redemption. So when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and we say, I believe in you, Jesus, our sins are forgiven, we are redeemed. No longer are we headed to death, but we have life. We've been made whole. We've been made complete, right? And we have justification. Everybody say, justification. Say redemption? redemption, justification, okay? So now we're justified because of the blood of Jesus. We can stand before God and God looks at us and we're not, we're not guilty anymore. Jesus took his righteousness and put it upon us. And now God doesn't see the sins that we've done. We've been forgiven, but he sees Jesus in us. And he, he knows us because we know his son, So we've been justified, we've been redeemed. And then there's this other thing. Say this big word, you ready? Sanctification. 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 It's this lifelong process. I've been a Christian since I was eight years old. Anybody here? Eight? Nine? So similar in age, right? So I was eight. I put my life in Jesus when I was about your age. And now I'm <clears throat> years old, okay? So there's been a lot of years that have passed from eight to where <clears throat> now, right? So I'm, I'm a little older than eight. But I've been following Jesus for a long time. When I first started out, man, I was sinning all left and right, and I was failing all the time. And now that I'm older, I've along the way, I have been sanctified because of the work of the Holy Spirit has been done in my life. Do I still sin? Yeah. But I, I call it, I don't, most of the time I don't premeditate sin. Like I don't wallow in sin. I don't purposely do sin because I'm not a slave to it. But I do mess up and I accidentally sin. I didn't mean to sin. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because sanctification, I'll never be perfect till on this side of heaven. But I'm becoming, because of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, on his strength and not my own, I'm becoming more and more like the character of God. I'm looking more like Jesus has called us to look every single day. But it doesn't just happen. There's a work that's going on in our lives. Now, the Holy Spirit is always leading us to Jesus. So if there's something else in your life that is not pointing you to Jesus, he's pointing you away from God, things that are holy, things that are pure, things that are good, away from him, then check that spirit. It's not of God. It's not the Holy Spirit's leading. Don't do it it's something else. So it's not pointing you to Jesus. It's leading you to possibly death and destruction. Don't go that way. So how do we live in the spirit? Here's the question we're gonna answer. How do we live in the spirit? So to answer that, let's look at first what the fruit of the spirit is. You know what fruit is? It's something that a tree bears, right? So we're gonna look at the fruit of the spirit. So I'm gonna need one boy and one girl volunteer. So uh, let's see, who hasn't been? If you've been up here on stage so far at camp, don't raise your hand. Let's get somebody up who hasn't been up here so. Okay, so we'll take green shirt right there. And then girl, right, right straight up here. Yeah, come on down. That's okay. Wait, Mark's going to be up here tomorrow. There's going to be all kinds of, I'm sure, volunteers come on stage too for him. All right, so we're going to have, I'm going to scoot this over just a little bit. And I'm going to put you over here. I'm going to put you over here. Okay. All right. So why don't you scoot over here? You scoot right here. Okay. Scoot a little bit more that way. Nope, too much. Move this way nope too much move that way a little bit no too much this way this Nope. that way just right Too this way right there perfect okay now you you're just perfect aren't you you're right where i wanted you to be good job high five okay so anyway oh i'm sorry here we go oh there you go okay wow that just happened all right so now Mark, Mark has puppets. I don't have a, a cool box full of puppets, so you guys are going to be my puppets, okay? Can you do that? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to practice real fast, okay? So if I say go to sleep, you're going to go like this, and arms are down. So go to sleep. Oh, Face the audience. Hey, buddy, you volunteered. You knew this was coming. Okay, here you go. Put, go. put your head down. Go to sleep. There you go. Go to sleep. Arms out of the pocket. There you go. Now if I say wake up, this is what you're going to do. So if I say wake up, you're going to put your arms out like a tree. Wake up. Wake up. Arms out like a tree, Okay? Now, if I put my hand and I tap you in the back, you don't have to do any words. You're just gonna go, okay, like you're talking. Sound good? Okay, go to sleep. Go to sleep. All right, perfect. So, how do you know what kind of tree, what what kind of tree that it is, right? What, uh, what kind of fruit tree? When you look at a fruit tree, how do you know what kind of kind of tree it is? Yeah, you're a genius. What kind of fruit does it have on it, right? So if you look at an apple tree, you would say it's a what? Apple tree. If you look at an orange tree, you would say it's a what? Orange tree. If you look at a banana tree, or as Mark would say, a banana tree, right? What 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 would it be? Banana. A banana tree, or Mark, a banana tree, right? Did I say it right? Perfect. All right. So, so you know by the fruit what kind of tree it is. So if we're living a life in the spirit. Right okay? here's what should be produced in our life. The fruit that we should produce in our life. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 tells us this. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Okay, so we got this fruit over here. Good, Wait, wake up. Okay. Good, job. not you, go to sleep. I didn't touch you. Okay. (laughs) There you go. So if we've got this tree over here, put that in your hand. Put this in your hand. There you go. And then, oh, I got three apples. So put that one under your chin. There you go. So we got this tree right here. And you look at this tree and what kind of tree are you going to say, what kind of tree is this? That's all right. As your before bedtime snack. Okay. So what kind of tree is this? Apple tree, right? Look at, look at the beautiful fruit, right? Apple tree, right? So here's a question: yeah. How does a tree grow fruit? Does the apple tree look at its fr- look at its limb and does it say, "Hey, hey, apple, grow, grow, apple, grow, 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 apple, grow, apple, grow"? Yeah. Is that what an apple tree does? Yeah. No, it grows an apple because why? It's an apple tree. It's chemical makeup, right? And it's, That's what it is. It grows apples. It doesn't have to will itself to grow an apple. Come on, grow an apple. Something inside of it makes it naturally grow apples, right? It doesn't will itself to do that, right? Now, wake up. Go to sleep. So now we got a tree over here. I'm going to put some fruit on you. Here you go. Hold that. Yeah. Hold that. There you go, there you go. And then, wait, hold on, wait a second. We got a can of Vienna sausages. Yeah, uh, hold that. All right, we got a can of sardines. I'm just gonna put those here in your pocket there, okay? And then, oh yeah, we got, a, we got an old sock with a, with a hole in it. So we're just gonna put that right there. Okay, so now you look at this tree and you're looking at this tree and you, I say, hey! keep the sock where I put it, buddy. (laughs) All right, so you look at this tree, and you're like, hey, here, I'm gonna put it where it won't fall. There you go, perfect. Okay, so, oh, don't worry, I washed it three months ago. (laughs) Okay, so, but here we go. So, we look at this tree, and and you say, ask it, what kind of tree are you? What kind of tree are you? And then he says, I'm an apple, move your mouth. I'm an apple. No, don't make noise though, okay. (laughs) I'm an apple tree. Come on, buddy. Seriously, you're an apple tree? What kind of tree are you? I'm an apple tree. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, what kind of tree are you? I'm an apple tree. All right, I hate to tell you, you say you're an apple tree, but something's not right here because that ain't no apple. You know what I'm saying? And I've had those before, and they're nothing but gushy mystery meat, okay? And these just are not apples. So what kind of tree are you? I'm an apple tree. Okay, so go to sleep. So here's what's really, really important. It's us as a Christians, if we say we're a believer and we've got the Holy Spirit, but our fruit is not the fruit of the Spirit that we see going on, peace, patience, kindness, don't all the control, right? If, if, if Are people going to believe that we're a Christian? No. If we say, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. There's no fruit in our lives whatsoever. Just like he says, I'm an apple tree. There's no apples on this tree. There's some ugly fruit going on here. Are you going to believe it's an apple tree? No, right? Because you get it. No way, right? But how? Wake up. But the apple grows the apples because it does it naturally, right? But there's something, even though the apple tree grows apples naturally, there's something that a lot of us, and I've done it myself, that we do as Christians, and and I don't know why, but it's what we do. We do this every day. We try to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our own strength. We're like the apple tree that says, grow, apple, grow. Grow, 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 apple, grow. Grow, apple, grow, right? That doesn't work that way. The apple just grows, right? It's like me saying, have patience. Patience, I'm going to grow. I'm going to have patience. I'm going to have patience. I'm going to have patience. I'm not patient enough to have patience, Right? Now, sometimes in our lives, we'll, sh- we'll do a loving thing on our own, or we'll have a moment of patience or a moment of self-control, but nothing that's all fleeting, nothing that is lasting, nothing that is changing, nothing that's spiritually impactful outside of what the Holy Spirit is going to do on our own, because we can't do it. Do you know why it's called the fruit of the Spirit? Say, why? Do you know why it's called fruit of the Spirit? Why? Because it can only come from the Spirit. It can only come from the holy spirit working inside of us. We can't generate it or will it on our own So we have these two trees living in the same orchard Has one has amazing fruit on it And the other one has some interesting fruit on it. Okay, so go to sleep All right, so I used to have I have this hobby I don't know about you guys, but I love to do this Maybe it's for older people and young people aren't into this yet maybe when you get older, but I love to go to the nursery and I love to pick out plants, some vegetable plants, some fruit trees, some plants, and I love to take them home. I love to plant them in the yard and in the flower beds. And then every day, I'd love going out there and just sit with those plants and watch them die a long, horrible, miserable death. I just, apparently that's what I like to do because I'm not very good at gardening at all. I plant, I, I plant, like, when I pick up a plant at a store and I'm walking away with it, all its friends are going, see ya, Larry, we've heard about this guy, okay? I'm not very good at growing plants, Right? So here's, here's, here's a story I'm going to tell you about me and, and my friend, right? So my friend, wake up, arms out. My friend has this beautiful garden. Uh, he's planted all kinds of plants and fruits and trees and vegetables and flowers and all this stuff. In fact, walking through his garden, there might be a ladybug sitting on a piece of fruit, playing a violin. Or maybe a bluebird lands on your shoulder and starts going zippity-doo-dah, right? Over in the corner is Mary Poppins going, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Right, that's this beautiful garden with all this cool stuff happening, and then you walk through my garden. You go go sleep, wake up, you walk through my garden, right? And it's everything is just like it's just like help me, help me is what you hear the plants. Thanos is there. I don't even know why, right? And then I'm like, oh, this is horrible, right? <laughs> Why? When they're both the same kind of plants, we got them at the same nursery, and it's because of what's inside of them, what's been working in them, what they're opening themselves up to, what they've been absorbing through their roots, and what they're allowing into their lives. I think I planted mine in plain old dirt. And I'm pretty sure, and I'd water it once every six weeks. And also then on top of it, I'm pretty sure there were paint chips and oil, motor oil in the ground. I'm not sure because it was just just really, really, really sad. But my friend puts, tends to wake up, puts tons of fertilizer, tons of good stuff and nutrients and awesome food for the plants to eat. And it's all absorbed. And then boom, naturally, beautiful pieces of fruit in a, such abundance happens. And in fact, if you ate a piece of the fruit from his garden, it's juicy and sweet. You take a bite and juice just like, and it's just really, really sweet. And then wake up. If you take a bite of fruit from my garden that I just put motor oil and paint chimps into, you take. it's like tasting a bite out of a battery, right? If ugly had a flavor, it would be my fruit. It's just not good. you're all go to sleep, go to sleep. Okay. But the same is with us This person over here With the ugly powerless fruit Has no real strength Nothing that's going to last Nothing that's going to endure Nothing that is, is, is powerful in their life What are they absorbing into them Maybe they're getting Wake up Maybe there's somebody with, with... They're taking buckets and buckets of gaming time, just gaming videos, hours and hours, boom, and putting it on their bucket. Now, I'm not saying video games wrong. I, I'm fancying myself a bit of a gamer myself, right? But gaming itself isn't wrong. But when that's all I'm putting into my life and it's a priority and there's nothing else of God that I'm putting in, or maybe hours and hours... Hey, wake up, put your feet Maybe there's hours and hours of buckets loads of Mr. Beast videos or something like that. Or this desire, this desire of... Of wanting stuff, man. Look, my friends have this cool thing. I got, I gotta have that too, and and all this stuff. Or maybe i have hours of looking at things on the internet that I know I shouldn't be looking at, but I just can't. I'm just looking at stuff that's just garbage in my mind, right? Or or maybe I'm I'm on endless scrolling on social media, hours and hours into my soil of that. And you know what that causes? I, sc- I scroll on, on on what's it called social media also. So I'm not innocent of that. But there's something that I know about it that I hope you know too it can deceive you because you know what people post most people don't post man i'm having a lousy day i'm broke we're going bankrupt the car broke down my dog ran away right they don't put that on there they put these trips to the beach and look at us we're perfect right they put the snapshots of the best part of their lives and when we compare ourselves to that and then we're, we feel let down. My life stinks. I'm at home, man. I'm doing nothing. They're at the beach. Or look at all the likes they have. They have a thousand likes. I've got three. I'm a loser. And that's the lie. But it's what that causes in your life is anxiety, right? Causes some depression, causes things like that. So the fruit, if that's all you're feeding into your life, is these things, it, the fruit that you get on this tree is anxiety, low self-esteem, jealousy, materialism, sin, gossip, untruths, grieving the Holy Spirit, lies. Go to sleep. This person over here, wake up, fills their life with buckets and buckets full of worship. And they're opening their heart. They're opening their lives to the Holy Spirit. And they're absorbing as they worship and declare that nothing is greater than God. They're spending time at church. They're taking time during the week worshiping him. And they're opening themselves up to the spirit to work in their life. Because worship is about glorifying God and declaring that nothing is greater than him. But worship is also battle. It's battle against the dark evil forces that want to battle against us. Because when we worship, we're declaring the greatness of God. We're declaring, even when we sing up here, we're singing theology, we're singing God's truth. So when we're singing that, we're proclaiming Jesus and the truth of God, and the enemy doesn't stand a chance. He's getting knocked out in our worship, and that battle line is being pushed back in our lives. And the spirit is, is in control, and it's through his strength, right? And then also, this person over here, with the great fruit, is getting buckets and buckets of prayer, is spending time with God. Prayer is, do you guys understand that prayer is a two-way street? It's a conversation that as believers, we have uninhibited access to the creator of the universe. That we get to enter the throne room with confidence because we've been cleansed. Our sins were innocent. We get to stand and make our requests known and spend intimate time praying to God. He hears us. Four parts of prayer. We speak, God listens. Then God speaks and we listen. He answers our prayers. He is listening. He is active. And, and, and the time spent with God, it makes us intimate relationship with him. Because when you, well, there's some people here that maybe you just met this week. Do you know them better than when the first day when you arrived at camp? Why? she so you've been spending time with them. And that's how we get to know God. We've got to spend time with him. And then we get to know who he is and we open up our lives and we absorb that into our lives and the Holy Spirit works and we're changed, right? It's intimate relationship with him. So who we spend time with is who we become the most like. like. We are image bearers of God. It tells us that in the Bible, right? That God made us in his image. But scripture also tells us to be imitators of God. We are to imitate him. And I used to, to imitate superheroes all the time. Do you guys do this still maybe or used to do it? I'd watch a Superman show and I'd run out in the backyard. I'd run off the porch and be like, duh, 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 duh. And then I'd fall flat on my face because I really can't fly, right? Break a rib. But I'm, it was so cool in the moment. But I'd take a stick off of a tree and I'd totally battle the bad guys like the superheroes. <laughs> right? Because I would imitate them because I was watching them. We get to know God. We're to be imitators of God. We see how Jesus lived his life, what he commanded us to do, and we're to be imitators of him. Right? So we open our lives up to that. We worship. We pray. And how do we get to know God to be imitators of him? His truth. This, he's his greatest revelation. One of his greatest revelations of who he is is found in here. Spend time in God's word, and this truth will cancel out the lies. Because, you know, the Bible says something. God has said something in his word. So we don't want to just listen to what other people say about the God, about who he is. We want to listen to who God said he was. And here's the place to find it. Okay? So, go to sleep. Ask the spirit of truth to teach you. And then we'll have the Spirit abundantly in our lives. So much that what is produced in our lives. If we're prayer, worship, in the Word, imitators of God, what happens? Wake up. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Go ahead and go. have a seat. Have a seat. Drop your fruit right here for me. Thank you. you can have the sardines, but don't open them to after chapel. Okay? In fact, come get them after me if you want the sardines. Okay. Have a seat. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank them for being up here. Okay. So listen up. <laughs> listen up. Listen up. Stick with me just for a few more minutes. A few more minutes. Stick with me. Because the fruit of the Spirit is important. Because when the Holy Spirit is working through our lives, and we've bo- we bear that fruit, and we've got that healthy fruit of the Spirit in our lives, when the battles of life come, we operate in the strength of God Through the fruit of his spirit Because confronted Because now we have this Right in our lives It's there And when confronted with hate We take this juicy apple of love And we throw it whoosh, And smack hate right in the face Because God Jesus tells us to love our enemies Can you love your enemy on your own? I can't If someone hates me And they're my enemy If it was just up to me I'd be like yeah Boom but I've got the Holy Spirit working in my life, and I'm carrying around this apple of love, this fruit of love, and I go, all right, take this, hey, whap, right in the face with love. And that's how I battle that, because I've got it to give now, right? From the work of the Spirit, through His strength, right? What about, but we got that, but what about when circumstances are hard? Our life is chaotic. Things are falling apart. Things in the world are going crazy. People are running around going, oh, this guy is falling, ah, Everybody else around us, then what do we get to do? We get to pull out our orange of peace because that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. We get to rip it in half and squeeze peace all over our circumstances because this is what we know. Things might be crazy today, but it's all going to be okay because we have secure in our eternal life in heaven that it's all going to be good at the end of the day. In fact, sometimes if we're bearing good fruit, it's going to be rough because uh, right before our memory verse in John about abiding in Jesus says that he's going to prune even fruit-bearing vines. The ones that aren't bearing fruit, boom, takes them out. But the ones that are, and burns them. But the ones that are bearing fruit, he's going to prune them. So they bear more fruit. So sometimes we're going to go through hard times so that we can, we can endure that. The spirit can work through us. And then we become more like Jesus at the end. And we bear what? More? Yeah. Yes. Because the Holy Spirit is working through our lives. Whew. And we get the peace of Christ, self-control it keeps us in bounds and living a disciplined life before God and the secret to controlling yourself of having self-control, you know what that is? letting yourself be controlled by the Holy Spirit (laughs) kind of doesn't sound right, does it? but that's the secret, is allowing yourself to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and guys we do this by surrendering ourselves every day, when we wake up saying God I give this to you I give my life to you, I give my day to you I need your strength. I need your spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you working in me today. I don't want to be about myself, but I want to be about you. I do to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time praying with you. And I got to tell you what, when I'm walking in the spirit well, I can feel it. I can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And it's such a comfort and it's such peace knowing that I'm not alone because I will screw everything up. But in him and his strength that I get to persevere and I get to have victory in life. It's an amazing thing, guys, because what this does when you open your life to the Holy Spirit and you say, work in me, change me, sanctify me. It goes from academic head knowledge, just knowing who Jesus is, and it moves down to your heart and to your hands and you're transformed and you're truly that new creation because the life in Jesus is not just about the prayer that you pray at camp. But it's about the life that you live with Jesus, that relationship, you're his follower, his discipleship, and you allow him to change you and transform you into something that is new. Every single day, he says, you're being made new. And it's done through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It cannot be done our own. Jesus, friends, it's to our advantage that Jesus left physically and he sent a helper, a counselor in his spirit. And he's leading us through this world. With the truth of God We become more like him In return we glorify God We live our lives Let me tell you Having that strength of God Working in our life Versus a fake superhero Like Super Duper Dan Right? He's a fake superhero With puny powers That promise great things But only deliver sin Death and destruction I'm going to end with this Just a little piece of scripture here It's super important But I want to tell you something Sometimes the things in this world, the powers of this world, things that aren't of God, they look appealing. They look fun. They look, look enjoyable. And we, we choose those over God's strength, which is ultimate. And why would we do that? Why do we do that? Here, I'll tell you why. If I gave you guys a chance and you could choose, if I said, I'll give you a million dollars today, or I'm going to give you a nickel and you can double it every day for 30 days for a month, which one would you pick? Don't say yet. If you would pick the million dollars, raise your hand right? Who'd pick the nickel? There's a lot of smart people. This is wisdom because you guys know the difference, right? A million dollars is just a million dollars you get instantly in that one day, but you wait 30 days and you double a nickel every day for 30 days. It's over $53 million. So the world promises something that looks good, but in in reality, it's instant gratification. But man, we get the sanctification of the Spirit in the long run in our life. We get this big, huge power of God working in our lives. Why do we choose and settle for this so many times? Because we are not looking towards heaven. We're not thinking about eternity. We don't understand this is not our home, but eternity is where we're meant to live with God. And we want to invest and make choices that invest in that and not in this world because it's not our home we're here passing through man eternity is forever this world this life at best is like 102 years for us at best so invest there and not here but here's the scripture i want to read you when the battles of your life your own strength will fail because we are a created being that is not perfect second corinthians look at this scripture 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay, that's us. It's our frail bodies. We have this treasure. We have the gospel. We have the Holy Spirit that we're carrying around within us. And it says to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So God demonstrates that it's his power that works in us. And it's not our own. He demonstrates it by this. That when we are afflicted in every way. So when we have affliction and things that come down on us, right? We're not crushed. It says when we're perplexed. It says, but not we're, we're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. Perplexed, we're not like ah. We're not driven to despair like the people that don't have the spirit. When we're, we're persecuted, when we're we're hated because of who we are. It says, but we're not forsaken because we're God's children, we're adopted His family, and God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Says so struck down, but it says, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested manifested in our bodies. Why live life on our own strength? Because then that strength, we're going to get destroyed. We're going to get demolished. We're going to get struck down. But with God's strength, he says, you're not. you You might experience these things, but it's not going to destroy you because I'm protecting you. You're operating in my strength. The strength of our, we don't want to live through the strength that is ours of the created, but we get to live through the strength of the creator who created us. I want to end by reading your memory verse to you because nothing says it better than the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said this in our memory verses, chapter 15 of John, verses, I think it's four and five. Is that our memory verse? Okay. It says, abide in me and I in you. And this is Jesus speaking. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it abides in the vine Neither can you Unless you abide in me Meaning Jesus Because remember it's him speaking I am the vine You are the branches Whoever abides in me And I in him He it is that bears much fruit fruit. For apart from me You can do nothing We cannot do anything spiritually good Apart from Jesus Through him working through our lives And guys I'm going to tell you this Allow the Holy Spirit to enter into your life, absorb what he's wanting to give you, and be transformed, and just see what happens. Because the choices of this world, sadly, it's going to lead nowhere for you. But allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Allow him to change you, transform you. Live by the Spirit and not by your own strength. Surrender every day to him. And give your life fully to him and be made new. Let's pray.